Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Tennis Channel Inside In on the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. It's officially March. Mitch Michaels from the Santa Monica Studios, joined now by recurring guest. I, I went back and looked at the tape. He first appeared on this show, 2020 Valentine's Day. Still going strong. Still feeling the love. It's Nico Pereira. Welcome back to Tennis Channel Inside In. I was feeling an invite coming up because it's been a while, but always a pleasure, Mitch. Always is a pleasure. Really grateful for your time. Uh, a lot to recap and to look forward to. Uh, and we can kind of start with this because you're, you've always been, you know, like the resident South and Central American expert here. And I don't think a lot of people, myself included, understand the opportunity and significance of the golden swing, of the opportunity have these clay events in Rio, in Buenos Aires, in Santiago this week. What does it mean for the players like yourself, like you once were, players of the region to have these home opportunities? Well, it's a big one. You know, the clay quarters have fought, uh, if you remember, 20 years ago when the tour was mainly on the hard courts. They wanted to have it more organized on the clay to have more opportunities. Yes, mostly 250s, a 500 here and there, but it is a scarce opportunity for, for clay quarters. So I think it's a golden opportunity, as, as you mentioned, especially uh, coming before the cut for the uh, French Open and the, the clay court swing. So it's, it's a big opportunity for those guys. And, and if you look at the results through the years, uh, there, there is the two or three guys that come out on top, make a lot of points there, and it makes a difference in the, in the rest of the year. So yeah. it's a good trampoline if you if you will, to have that swing in the month of February. Yeah, it, it has been a launching point for a lot of players that have come through. And I, I understand it. I'm never going to knock the opportunity to, A, make a living, and then, B, play in your home events. It's what we want in America, so it's fair to have that at other places. 500 might be a little different. That's where I'm a little unclear with the 500 level in Rio. But we got a great one this past weekend, the final with Alcaraz and Cam Nori. Nori coming out on top. They met in the final back-to-back weeks. You'd have to go back to 2016 for the last time that happened. Djokovic and Murray, I mean, two guys that are pretty pretty synonymous with each other. But let's start with this. Cam Nori gets his title on clay, 500 level. He's up to number 12 in the world, had to battle. There was some stuff going on on the other side of the net. But how about Cam Nori and this continued evolution for the former TCU Horn Frog college tennis player? Well, the ultimate overachiever, you know, can't. Uh, say enough about this guy, how hard he works, how serious he takes his craft, how much he has improved year after year. He has already been in the top 10, but for him to be having those kinds of performances on the clay, granted his coach is Argentinian. He has um, uh, trained in uh, extensively in, in Latin America, plays in Mexico since he uh, got out on tour, he loves to be down in, in, in Latin America, feels at home. So I, I think that's yeah. that's a major point on his favor. But strictly tennis speaking, 
Um, this is a guy that has a very flat backhand that uh, it doesn't fly on the clay usually. His forehand just develops unbelievable spin. He has improved his serve tremendously, gotten a lot stronger. Mm-hmm. His fitness is just off the charts. So uh, good on him. You know, very impressive tour down there, beating Alcaraz. You know, he, he was maybe not 100% in that final, but mm-hmm. still, it was him that took a big chunk out of uh, Alcaraz's endurance in, in a brutal um, final in uh, Buenos Aires the week before. So yeah. awesome to see. Still crazy and impressive that, you know, last year he was doing the American swing. He was doing Del Rey that week in those tournaments. But, you know, with the British Davis Cup team being down in that region of the world, he decides to go the clay route, loses to Alcaraz the week before in straight sets in a tight straight set match, wins this one. And I noticed watching him more and more, there's a fearlessness to his game. Like he's scrappy out there and he's not afraid and he doesn't really let the moment get to him. And what's happening with Alcaraz on the other side of the net, Nico, I mean, he was somebody that understood that Alcaraz was going to hit great shots, was going to do un- out-of-this-worldly thing. He's going to have to come to the net. He was going to have to try to mix stuff up, and yet he was able to do it. So I think that's a part of the game that I appreciate with players that don't let a great shot on the other side get them down and get discouraged. Three love in the second set, a set and three love down. This is a guy that you can see it uh, took him down to play an exhibition in, in Mexico towards the end of last season, and I had a chance to interact with him personally a little bit. He's just a believer in himself. He's mm-hmm. so, so sure of himself, and he just finds ways out yeah. there, and he's got a mojo going, and, and the people, the players in the locker room know it, so it shows on the court. This is a guy that yeah. that, that uh, opponents know he's going to be a tough nut to crack, and, and I think some of them crumble in his presence because he is that consistent in the effort that he puts out fitness is great too you have to be fit to play Alcaraz but also the conditions and what it was like down there for the Carlito side um it was a good return at, I mean it still was a good return from injury wins the tournament gets to a final and everything was looking good until really the middle of that second set in that final against Nori the second one it's a hamstring strain he is out this week against in Acapulco but you hate to see this, and you do, I think, unfortunately, have to worry a little bit when there's an injury coming back off of an injury. It kind of came out of nowhere, and it wasn't somebody that had played a lot of tennis. So I don't know where you stand, but I'm starting to get mildly concerned that we have another unfortunate injury to talk about with him. Well, you can't be concerned about Carlos Alcaraz. I mean, he, he's just had such a meteoric uh, rise to the top, but he's such a physical specimen when he plays, you know, he, he puts out such a big effort there. He relies so much yeah. on his legs. You see him stretching left and right. So those injuries are going to happen. I still believe a 19 year old mm. body cannot take the punishment of the, of, of how grueling the so. tour is for 11 months. So he, he's going to have to yeah. look at scheduling. I mean, look at this. He, he, he put Buenos Aires, Rio, Mexico, Acapulco, and then, you know, heading into the, uh, two of the biggest uh, tournaments in the first half of the year. So that, yeah. that's crazy scheduling. That, that, that needs to be looked at. I guess to clarify, no concern if he's healthy. And, and I mean, even, even 80%, because even when he was w- without legs, he was still ripping. <laughs> it, was, it was insane. He broke Nori with just winner after winner. How he turns on the ball, like, it's just insane, the power he can generate. It's beautiful. It is Some, beautiful. It's beautiful to watch. But I want to see him healthy, and, you know, injuries are an unfortunate part of the game, and at 19, you wonder if managing the schedule is going to be better going forward. But a fun final, a, a great opportunity there. 
We had a great, we had a lot of fun finals this past weekend. And on the women's side, Barbara Kurchikova beats Iga Spiontek uh, in an epic match in Dubai. Really an epic run for her. She faced match points down against Kazakina. She wins that match. She goes on to beat Sabalenka, Pagula, and Iga, the top three ranked players in the world. That's only been done five other times. And the names are who you expect. The Williams sisters are in there. Sabalenka did herself, but she went through the best in the world. She beat Iga in another final. And Barbara's reminding people that she's a bit of a disruptor, the way she plays, her different style, her hands at the net. Krachikova getting a much-needed win and putting herself back in the mix as one of the top players in the game. That's a head-scratcher for me because when she won the French Open singles and doubles, I thought, well, this girl is here to stay. Solid game, solid head. You could, you know, very level-headed player. And then all of a sudden, she took a dip. Continued winning in the double side, but injuries hampered her results in the in the singles. And we kind of had counted her out in a way because for a couple of seasons, she was not headlining the big in, in the big tournaments. But we know she has the level, and she showed it. I mean, Iga was just cruising um, yeah. through, just mauling the, the, the opposition. And um, it was great to see that Krichikova, you know, played her toe-to-toe and, and came out on top. That's beautiful. Yeah, it seemed like, I mean, I just want to say for Iga's standpoint, it seemed like she was a little under the weather. She didn't use it as an excuse, which I liked, which was very Rafa-like in the sense of her idol. We're not going to use illnesses or injuries as an excuse, but... The fact that Iga's been money in all these events, and in finals especially, and Barbara's beaten her twice. I know they're not the biggest and baddest events in the world, but this is a huge event. And these other top players, like Coco Goff in this tournament, like Pagula last week, they can't even really get a sniff of beating Iga in a big match. And Barbara's done it twice. I wonder if, you know, and I, and I, I hear you the point about she kind of did a dip, and we weren't sure if it was a one-hit wonder and if she was going to be there for the long haul. But the way she plays, maybe that's something that frustrates not just Iga, but some of the other players, because we really don't see many people like Barbara Kuchikova. Well, the thing is the strength, and I think that's the big difference between Iga and, and, and the rest of the competition. And it might not be the case against Kuchikova, who's a big girl and can withstand mm-hmm. the punishment. And yeah. when as big and strong as she is, she can also move when she's healthy. So uh, that's that's a, a good combination to have when you face Schweinsteiger. It certainly is. Uh, Iga being compared to last year is a bit unfair, to say the least. All the points she has to defend, everything she has to deal with in terms of the pressure that's put on her. She does have a good head on her shoulders. She's very mindful of her schedule, too, to avoid burnout and injuries. But this is going to be a storyline to watch because it might not come in the form of one player overtaking her in the ranking, but she had a transcendent year last year, and now she has the pressure of having to back all that up, going into the Sunshine Double where she won both, to point out as well. Well, the thing is her head, and she's the one that talks about it the most. You know, mm-hmm. She seems to have a, a, a fragile uh, balance between breaking up and, and being head and shoulders above the rest. So that's an interesting thing to watch for me, and I don't think it's about defending points. It's about continuing in this level of excellence uh, that she has shown. And uh, if her example or or her idol is it's Rafa Nadal, you, you know mm-hmm. where you know which way she's thinking. It's giving it her all every time she's out there, and it's 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 great to see. Yeah, just one other note before we move along. Uh, in that tournament, Jesse Pagula was pretty open about the fact that she lost uh, to Barbara in the semis or quarterfinals, I think, and it was a 
bagel in the third set on her birthday, the unfortunate thing. Did you ever play tennis on your birthday? Oh, many times. Had to any, travel. Bad, any bad results like I, that? I can't remember <laughs> that far back. I remember, I, st- I stopped playing many moons ago, but yeah. uh, it, it gets tough, especially for, for me, and I can relate to, to Jess in the sense that she was far from home. Mm-hmm. Uh, many, uh, you know, time... Ch- you know, time frames away from from her place and lost her birthday. Her mother having you know being in a difficult situation and it's just tough. Sometimes it gets lonely out there. Nowadays, uh, you know, the players travel with uh, with teams, mm-hmm. but uh, it, it can it can get lonely and 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 you can you know chastise yourself yeah. for it. Dubai is pretty tough to be of all the places as an American, too. That's where your birthday is. It's a 16-hour flight back. So, <laughs> Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at newbalance.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. More with Nico Pereira here on Tennis Channel Inside In. Just another quick note. Other people that went to Title Town this past weekend, Hubie Hercosh and Marseille, getting back in the winner's circle, reminding people he's in the mix. And then in Mexico, Camilla Georgie. She's been that heat check player for so long, you never really know what you get. But when she's on, as Sloan Stephens found out, when she's on, she strikes the ball at a top 10 level, I would say. She has one speed, and that's full <laughs> yeah. tilt forward. She doesn't relent, doesn't defend that much. And so so when conditions are good for her and she's feeling it, it's a tough nut to crack in the sense that she's very solid, both forehand and backhand. And if she's serving well, and, and again, the conditions sometimes help her because sometimes her serve is flying on her and she could be erratic, but mm-hmm. she was firing on all cylinders. She really was, and you've heard players on the WTA say, regardless of the ranking, she's one of the players they don't want to see in the draw, so maybe it's good for them that she can get her ranking up a little bit. Uh, And then the last tournament champion to talk about, he's won back-to-back now, still going strong, Daniil Medvedev. He wins in guitar over Andy Murray. I mean, props to Murray. That guy just battling as you know what off and just keeping it going. But for Medvedev, that's two straight titles. He's in Dubai looking pretty good outside of Djokovic. She might favor him to be the number two. A guy who's been much, you know, critiqued, I'd say, maybe not criticized. But it looks like, to me, he's finding it, at least on the hard court, he's finding that level again that made him such a glorified champion. I just like how casual he is about it. You know, I, I love it. I love the way, his demeanor. Yeah. I love his. I love his uh, self-deprecating uh, humor. Humor and mm-hmm. and I just love the way he plays. He's such an awkward guy to play against because yeah. he's so unorthodox. He just has uh, these shots coming out of nowhere. The way he thinks, the way he fights, 
uh, yeah. all the time. And he's such a physical specimen. People don't understand. I mean, this guy is 6'6", so elastic, so fast, underrated first serve, very underrated. And he, and he just, when he knuckles down, he doesn't miss. And, yeah. he can, you know, he has a lot of power as well. So I, I enjoy watching uh, Medvedev quite it was a bit. That, it was that Felix match where I'm watching it, and it was like a long second set tie break. Felix had some chances. You just got the sense that... He needed to, Felix needed to pull the trigger because of the pressure that Medvedev puts on you, he's not going to miss, like you said. Like, he's going to be in every rally, comfort levels there. My only question I'd ask you, do you think, given that he was number one in the world, that he kind of dipped a little bit, had some issues with consistency, does he need to prove anything in terms of playing the very best? The Tsitsipasas who have gotten themselves gotten a few over on him recently. Djokovic, who's obviously had his and everyone else's number. Does he need to get some high-quality top five wins? I think he will. Okay. I, I think, you know, he's, he's uh, so confident and he has the tools to do so. And he's willing to put in the work. Uh, he's been there for a long time already. It's just one of those guys that you don't notice so much, but he's always yeah. there. Can he step it up a notch and become dominant? We might have to see the the end yeah. of Djokovic before that <laughs> happens. Well, the good thing with jo- the good thing with Medvedev is there really isn't the pressure because he has a slam, and that's I think a huge thing for his confidence. He doesn't have to answer the questions that even a Sitsipas does. Felix, take your pick, Rubo, any of these names because he's done it before. Maybe there's that pressure of not being a one hit wonder, but I think that's a lot less having at least had the hardware. So. Something to monitor. And speaking of Rublev, man, that match versus Fakina today as we record this on Wednesday. Down a set and 6-1 in a second set tiebreaker, and he wins the match. And for Andre Rublev, obviously finding a way to win not at his best level. We knew the game was there. We also knew he can be, I think, temperamental is a kind way to put it. He might be starting to rein it in a little bit. He's just stubborn, you know, (laughs) and, and I can't. I cannot <laughs> forget the boxer mentality that that's runs in the family, and that's him. You know, never gives up, expects so much out of himself, has been successful yeah. since since a very young age, expects mm-hmm. to to be that dominant player. And in his head, I'm, I'm sure he's expectant of, of winning yeah. not one, but multiple big ones. I'm just thinking of times in the past where something would happen like this, that he'd be punching the racket, bloody knuckles, <laughs> throwing stuff. And we watched all the points from that tiebreak. He played very smart tactically. I think that's an underrated aspect of this. Is he wasn't going for big margins. He got his serves in. He put the ball more towards the middle of the court and put the pressure on Fakina, who unfortunately wilted, to get to a third set tiebreaker. For David Osh Fakina, man, he's had two straight Dubai appearances where he has had multiple match points center last year. I don't know if he should come back. Maybe he should just find a new tournament. No, he'll he'll <laughs> yeah. be back. Another boxer yeah. mentality yeah. type of guy because his father was one, as, as I understand. And remember, Rublev's coach is Spaniard, you know, so, so yeah. he, he knows how to play smart. He was a very savvy player, Fernando Vicente. And uh, maybe uh, Rublev is starting to listen a little bit more. Hopefully so. It's been nice to see the progression. Had the win over Holger Runa in Australia. Down match points. Does it again. Keeping it going. Uh, I guess it's time to talk about someone who's also kept it going. Novak Djokovic back into Dubai. Third Three-set thriller in his first round match. But today, just against Greek support, turning it on. Rust is gone in a match, it seems. Injury questions don't really exist at the moment. Novak broke the number one record for both tours, 378 weeks in counting, passing Steffi Graf. And now with 83% win percentage in his career, best ever, 
and 14 and 0 on the season. There is no doubt. I mean, I know we we have Alcaraz injuries questions or not. Djokovic is back as the prime target as the alpha on the tour and you wonder what it's going to take to beat this guy in a big match and it's a, it's a, it's maybe the biggest ask right now in sports. The numbers are unbelievable. Uh, just outstanding. You would look at them and you just cannot believe it's possible for so long, so consistent coming through the Nadal Feder era and emerging as mm-hmm. as the best of them all in terms of numbers and uh, as you say physically the guy is just on top form at his age and you can see him playing 3 4 more years it's just up to him it seems like he and I'm not the first person to bring this up Djokovic has actually said it that you know he's at the point in his career where he is geared up obviously for the grand slams that's what matters he hasn't really succeeded in this portion of the calendar. This, you know, if he goes on a Dubai, Indian Wells, Miami run, that would marvel me as much as anything because he's been open about the fact that he is shaping up for Grand Slams heading into the clay in a, in a month or so. But the fact that he's number one in the world, I mean, of all the remarkable things that he's done, he hasn't been able to play many of these events and he's still number one in the world. So he doesn't even have, crazy to think about, a lot of points to defend coming up. Head and shoulders above the rest, and you have to remember he won. He won the year-end uh, ATP needle finals yeah. as well. But this is a guy that's thinking Grand Slam. Period. He wants to win yeah. four in a year. That's that's his uh, that's his thought uh, starting the season, and he's not going to relent. Uh, let's see how Rafa gets to Roland Garros physically, yeah. but. Uh, it's the first year, probably, that I can remember that Rafa is not the favorite to win Paris at this stage. Unfortunately, last year he wasn't, <laughs> and it was ridiculous to me. <laughs> I think it was coming off the injury to Shapovalov. Alcaraz, I think, actually was a slight favorite, but you mentioned Rafa not playing Indian Wells, not playing Miami. I guess the positives of it is that the rehab is going on progress. He posted videos training, but he also said he's sad he's unable to go. And it's going to end one of the greater streaks in sports. 900-plus weeks in the top 10 since the time he was 18. He's going to fall out of the top 10 after Miami. And it's sad, but, I mean, I get not chasing it, not, you know, for the detriment. But I don't know that we'll ever see that again. <laughs> like, if we're talking RG record, 900 weeks in the top 10, wow. the amount of consistency to battle through injuries and to produce good results, it's not one thing to just be playing tennis. You have to be playing at a high level to keep that. But not only the level of tennis is just uh, how grueling his style is and how he has overcome injuries for so long. It's a miracle. Yeah. This guy is still playing. Remember, 10 years ago, you know, word was that he played two, three more seasons, but it's just remarkable. Yeah. a remarkable testament uh, to his character to his dedication and love for the sport. And it's just uh, a wonder to see. And and it, it is time, you know, mm-hmm. uh, all streaks uh, come to an end. I, I just think Rafa right now is, is concentrating on and hopefully winning another major, mainly mm-hmm. Paris. And, uh, and believe it or not, he has to come to terms and he yeah. ha- he's been coming to terms with uh, the end of the road. What I'm hoping for the most is that he makes it through Paris, whether it's a title or a good run, healthy. Because that was the part, a couple of years ago, lost to Djokovic in that semi, the foot acted up, and he was pretty much didn't even play the rest of the year. So if he can get through that grind, title, great, but just more importantly, 
not more beat up and more shortened and hampered. And I wonder too, and, and you'd be a good person to ask this. We talked about Alcaraz at the top of this with the physicality. Djokovic has taken time off. I mean, forced in a, in a lot of ways, but he's taken time off, looked fresh when he's played. Are we going to get back to maybe, are we going to start to see more players pick their schedule, take weeks, skip events? I know there's mandatory events and there could be fines with that, but are we going to see players voluntarily playing less tennis going forward? I don't know. ATP has yeah. all these bonus pools for 500s, for yeah. thousands to entice players to, to play. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to take a potentially great career to be shortened uh, yeah. for players to do so. I don't see it happening yet. There is too much money out there yeah. and the guys um, just can't get enough of it. It's, it's just unbelievable what they do in the off season yeah they have to rest they have to uh, look at the amount of events that we have week by week here every time i come we're calling four or five events in 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 one week and they're big events we're not talking you know a hundred and a hundred twenty five thousand dollar events they're they're big ones and they're all over the world so uh, the the enticement is there for the players uh to 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 just keep adding to their schedule and let's see how far the, their bodies will take them maybe top players but that's they're the only ones that would have the luxury of doing it if they have the money they have the ranking points but i'm with you i think it's going to be you know there's too much skin in the game for them to take a break a few more things with nico Pereira on tennis channel inside in the unfortunate notes of other players that aren't in the indian wells and or miami field nick Kyrgios hasn't played a match this year Brutal that he's out in Indian Wells, Miami. And then Sebastian Corda is trying to make a comeback for Miami, his home event. But the risk, you can never be too careful, as we're seeing, you know, with other examples, Del Potro and team, that, you know, Corda is not going to play. So some players I'd like to see, but they're not going to be in the Sunshine Double. Uh, so unfortunate for Nick. I had the pleasure of spending some time with him with this in this match with Nori down in Mexico in November of 2022. And he's such a gentle, nice person. So he's uh, misunderstood? To totally. Think, yeah. But I'm not going to get into that because mm-hmm. I respect him that much. He was, you know, through and through top guy. But he got it. I think he got it. And I think he, I hope we get to see more of him. The problem when uh, you take some time off or don't do things as they should be done, in in the early stage of, of, of a career is that when you do try to do it, you don't have the base. So I hope this yeah. is just a small mishap and that he gets back uh, with all the fury and all the all the flair that 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 we love to see. In yeah. terms of of the other guys, you're going to have to deal with ups and downs throughout uh, yeah. your career uh-huh. uh, because of the fact that we've been talking about the scheduling and Corda. I'm I'm in the same page that you're in with Alcaraz. I'm I'm worried in the sense that I I enjoy watching him play. He right. is the guy that I always said I've been saying for four years, ever since even before that that great showing in Paris uh, a few years ago, that he's the one that has the most upside, and I believe he is the only American. Yes, Fritz is five now, but I don't see him as a dominant number one. I think Corda has that potential yeah. if, if he gets there, and I'm, hopefully he will. I'm with you in lockstep there. Potential, right? Like, it could happen. Obviously, he has to do it, and it's a tough yeah. task. But, yeah, I, I see the bright lights there. Before that run and then with that run, who he beat and how he yes. played was just phenomenal. So we hope to see him back. 
I want to mention another player that is kind of coming back, and Alexander Zverev is starting to kind of round into some health form. Now, I know there's a lot of levels to it, but at least he's starting to move better because that was a concern. That was such a traumatic and brutal injury last year. To see him kind of get his movement back is a good sign. Oh, and he's playing so well. This guy's a beast. Yeah. He has, a, he has that it factor. You know, this guy yeah. does it all. Still has some issues with the second serve at times. But when he's on from the back of the court, I mean, he can take the racket out of anybody's yeah. hand. I wanted to wrap this with some Acapulco thoughts on what we've <clears throat> seen so far. Unfortunately, no Alcaraz and no Cam Nori, but still a pretty decent field with some big names. Taylor Fritz playing his first tournament as a top five player. He beat Isner in a tricky first round matchup. I love the clip of his coach, Michael Russell, on a chair serving to him. He's like, we got to mimic this somehow, so I'm just going to stand tall, but... There's added pressure. I think Fritz is built to handle the pressures that will come with these expectations. What I've always admired about him is his grit and his toughness and tenacity. So another opportunity. He's made the final here. This is a chance to win the tournament, get the hat put, get the sombrero put on after, and maybe keep building his ranking going into his home tournament. I think it would be a tremendous uh, show from him. I had uh, I did that match against Isner. John Isner is... Probably one of the toughest first rounds uh, in the business ever yeah. because of the fact that if his fr legs are fresh, he is the best server of all time. And, yeah. and he was dominant for the first set and a half. Fritz had a bit of an issue with a, with a tight uh, thigh uh, muscle. And then it loosened up a bit through some uh, treatment. And as yeah. the match went on, it got looser. Uh, and you just knew in the third set that it was Fritz's match for the taking. And, and, and those are the sort of matches that, that can uh, jumpstart you yeah. and have you get a great week, which he needs because he's obviously feeling the pressure from winning his first 1,000 last mm -hmm. year and those points coming up. But again, such a, self, uh, such a guy with strong self-belief. He just knows he's, he's that good. He trusts himself. Mm -hmm. And he works hard. Mm -hmm. You know, that's one thing that people don't see, how hard, how much work all of these guys put to be where they are. It's no coincidence. It's no talent. There's mm -hmm. no magic nowadays in, mm -hmm. in this sport. Margins are so thin, you got to yep. be working your bag off to get there. The other match I wanted to just bring up because it was a highlight was, and I hope we see a bunch of it in the future, Ben Shelton versus Holger Runa was, yeah. was great. Shelton kind of wilted a little bit at the end, but Holger just keeps it coming and doesn't really give you much. And I think really the, the story was, I mean, I love seeing Shelton serve against top players, frustrating the very best. Holger's just a little further along on his journey as a professional. Will Ben get there? We think, but this was great. They're going to be playing doubles in Indian Wells. It was good, competitive, fun, and two rising stars, to say the least. Two gunslingers <laughs> yeah. going at it. Yeah. Young gunslingers at that with yeah. no care whatsoever for the errors. That first set tiebreaker, it was just bold. Ben's, Ben's That's the fights, word. like he really no, will. I tell you, yeah, it's amazing. It. A guy that, that went to college, really very little expectations. Uh, uh, and to explode like that in, yeah. in, 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 in self-belief mm -hmm. and, and, and uh, all kinds of fireworks to his game. Really enjoy that. And Runa seems to have calmed down a bit because he, his hysterics were, were really right. uh, hurting him, I, I feel. But that was just a great thing to watch. You're absolutely right. That's, that's been the highlight of the I mean, week so far. Probably the two most meteoric rises, Shelton from nowhere to top 50, 
Holger from outside the top 100 to 10 in a year is just unheard of. Yeah, it's beautiful. So that Great was crazy. And then we do have to talk about the pressure Casper Rude's under. I mean, that was a tight first match for him, some rust. And this whole year is going to be, I mean, similar to Egan in a lot of ways. You have a lot of points to defend. Him getting back to the ATP finals to a top five ranking and maintaining it, I should say, going to be a challenge. He's got a target on his back now. Count on him. Count on him. He's okay. still suffering uh, the... the uh, the legwork that him and Rafa did for ten days in Latin America, okay. just just collecting a ton of money yeah. and having having a lot of <laughs> fun. <guy. laughs> that is, I, I yeah. saw them uh, in the stop in in Bogota, which was the second to last stop, and they were they were juiced, man. I mean, these these guys gave it their all. There's a lot of uh, of things you have to do around uh, the match, and then you fly the same day or yeah. the next day. I think I think both of them are are paying for it. I, I, I'm grateful because I, I got to to experience that, and it's awesome for tennis in, in Latin mm. America, and I'm thankful to them. But uh, I think he's still paying for that. I have no doubts about Casper. Okay. This guy is such a All pro. Right. He's just getting better and better. His father does an unbelievable job. He has a great team around yeah. him. Do not worry about Casper. Okay. I'll he'll, take your, I'll take your word for it. I'll take your word for it. Well, the rest of this tournament should be fun. Tiapo's in there, won his match. Shapovalov battling against Kekmanovic, turning the tide. Tommy Paul plays later today. And Matteo Berrettini, let's not we forget him. So I don't know if you got a pick or who you got players you're looking for, but this, despite not having Alcaraz, and this is a loaded field yet again. I love it all. I love it all. I'm happy for my my friends down there in Mexico and and the Mexican Open. And uh, too bad about uh, Cameron and 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 Carlitos, but uh, as you said, the field is unbelievable, unprecedented in Latin America. Mm-hmm. I think Shapovalov is one of those guys that needs to get his mojo back. I think he will. He, mm-hmm. he is that good. But it's just great to see. And Mateo, he's having a ball. That's Got his little brother, <laughs> yeah. Walcott, in the qualities. Yeah. The man made it, won a match. They're playing those <laughs> together. They won. It's all good in the Berrettini family. Come on. Are you are you seriously worrying about these guys? No. They're having a ball, traveling the world in first class, doing yeah. what they love. And and, and yeah. look, at, look at Mateo. Man, what a player. I really enjoy <laughs> watching him play. So it's all good. It's going to be a great week. It's going to be a great day. Take it day by day, Mitch. I will Come on. Always. The brother dynamic. Love yeah. that. We have the Serundolos, the Berrettinis, and we have another another uh, brothers uh, going at it this week. Who are they? Down in Acapulco. Oh, man. Not in Acapulco. Oh, no. The Immers. The Immers. Got yeah. right, right, made right. It, uh, yeah, we don't even Eli have... Eli made it as yeah. a lucky loser, but he, you know, he I mean, made this, it to the main draw. So that's that's a... That's, another, even, that's a record. We haven't even talked about the Sitsipas brothers. I mean, this is just a great They're not on the this brother. week, yeah. but hey. That. For the brother dynamic. <laughs> I'm with you, though. The last thing I'll say is Berrettini. That's a guy I think is going to have a big year. Like, I think he bounces back. and I, I hope so. Too much game not to, I would think. I mean, we have we are loaded with characters. Yeah. The storylines are great. We just need to get more of them out there because there right. are some of these guys that are 80, 90. Their stories are just Awesome, and and uh, I think we need to do a better job of that because uh, there is so much to tell, and, and and also in the woman's side, you know. Yeah. Well, I'll do my best on this show. You'll do your <laughs> best on TC Live and calling all the matches too. Uh, working with the pro Ted Robinson, so oh yeah, nice to know that that's happening. I miss there. my boy Leaf Shara, so I gotta sh- I gotta give him a shot. Hey, I we, miss my yeah, boy Leaf, but he, he works he works hard enough. He full, gave him some time off. We got an all star roster. It's it's amazing. Nico <laughs> Pereira, thanks so much for coming on Tennis Channel Inside In. You're always welcome back. We'll be catching up soon. My pleasure, man, and keep rocking the podcast. 
That was Nico Pereira on Tennis Channel Inside In. Thanks to him. Thanks to everybody out there for listening. We're on the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, which you can find by going to tennis.com slash podcast. We're on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, all your platforms there. And we'll be back next week. Indian Wells preview. A lot to talk about there as the draw gets going and the sunshine double takes off. For Nico Pereira, I'm Mitch Michaels. This was Tennis Channel Inside In. Thanks again for listening, and I'll talk to you next week.